Randy, Ryan, thank you. Good, good job this morning. <clears throat> As we continue our Do It Today series, <coughs> excuse me, we're going to talk today about what it means to have fearless faith. Now, think about that word fearless just a little bit. Uh, kind of fears maybe you have in your life. I can tell you this morning I was a little afraid. Uh, because very first thing, like first, we knew Eddie was going to be out of town, representing the, the miners again up in uh, Washington. Real proud of Eddie. I know everyone here is. And he's done a good job uh, representing uh, what it means to be a Christian man. And I'm proud of him. Uh, a tough situation, for sure. Uh, but I knew he wasn't going to be here. And Mike, of course, is uh, he used to, you know, every other week he'd uh, lead singing. Uh, he's been out. Uh, with some health reasons, and has uh, been able to, you know, get his voice back finally. He was going to do the first three songs. It was going to be that we were going to have Mike back, and he's sick today. And uh, then I started to worry. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't want to lead singing again. <laughs> Not today. Uh, then next thing I know, uh, Kara has got her daughter sick. So we got quite a few out right now with Kentucky crud. Like, what is up with the, the Kentucky crud? If, you have, hey, if we have visitors here today, here's what the Kentucky crud is. Um, our weather around here can be crazy. One day it could be 75 degrees and, and dry, the next day 35 degrees and rainy, and then the next day 70 degrees and wet, and then the next day 20 degrees and dry, and it can really mess with your system. Uh, fact is, we have got a quite a few people out today. So what do we know? Charles, thank you very much for stepping up. Charles was already going to lead uh, the second group of songs there, but those first, that was on him. Thank you for stepping up for us today. It took a big fear away from me. Uh, but when I think of fearless faith, that's not really going to apply there for sure. That's just some silliness. When I think of fearless faith, I right away think of Esther. And not to go through the whole story of Esther, but uh, today, just to think about this a little bit, Queen Esther was put into a position to where she had to go and do something uh, that she knew was against the law of the land. She had to go confront the king. And to confront the king without the king calling for you was a big no-no. Esther 4.16 is going to tell us about that. Uh, it's a big no-no. You're not allowed to cross into there. You're not allowed to go, come to the king unless he calls for you by name. This king, uh, Xerxes, he's going to have to say, Esther, I'm calling for you. And then some people would go get Esther and they'd bring her to the king. But instead, she approaches the king. This is what she said there in the end of that verse. Though it is against the law, I will go in and see the king. If I must die, I must die. See, she needed to see the king so she could tell the king what was up. Because the fact was, the king was getting ready to, to, to allow her people, unbeknownst to him, didn't realize that she was also a Jew. He was going to allow them to be wiped off, wiped out of the, off the map, killed, destroyed. At least those there in the the area of Persia that they were at. And you can imagine the fear that she must have had to approach the king. Of course, he, he's going to stick out his royal scepter. She's going to touch it. That means that it all is safe. And Esther's uh, fearless faith that she had that day is really going to help her people to pull through and change things for the better, for sure. So let me ask you about you. Do you have fearless faith? Are you willing to do what it takes to reach that faith goal, if you will. Today, we're going to talk about crossing bridges. Now, if you've been here at all at Hartford Christian Church with us, you know that I have a pretty significant fear of heights. 
It's been mentioned a few times, perhaps, in different illustrations over the years. But a few months ago, me and Amy, we went over to um, uh, Branson, Missouri. And now, if you've ever been to Branson, Missouri, and you've gone down through Paducah, you've got to cross a couple narrow bridges, one over the Ohio River, and then you're in Illinois for literally like 300, 400 feet, and then another one over into the Mississippi, over the Mississippi River into Missouri. Going over those bridges, I'm not going to lie, I'm scared. And usually Amy thinks it's the time to talk, have a good, good conversation, make me get my mind off of things, but I cannot concentrate. I need to just focus on the road. I'm shaking, and I don't know what's wrong with me. I can't hardly get across this bridge. Something bad's going to happen. As I've thought about that over the last couple months, I wondered if it wasn't from some things that had happened in my youth. Now, I don't know if anyone knows what this is here on the screen, but this is the Sunshine Skyway Bridge. It connects, uh, I believe, St. Petersburg, Florida area with uh, Bradenton, I believe. Is that, is that right, Debbie? Okay. Uh, Uncle Lindell used to live down that, that area. Well, in 1980, I believe it was May 1980, this bridge, during a storm, was hit. Uh, and collapsed. And tragically, 35 people lost their lives that day uh, when this bridge collapsed. Uh, now, how does that affect me? I don't remember that happening. Some of you might. I was too young. But one year later, my dad took a ministry in Pinellas Park in the St. Petersburg, Florida area. And it just so happened across that Tampa Bay, uh, the other side in Bradenton, uh, a couple, a man and a woman that my dad and mom were real close to, he'd been an elder at a church dad had previously served at, had retired down there. So we would go over this bridge every once in a while. Now you're thinking, well, wait a minute, it's broke. People don't go over it. No, they moved all the traffic to the other side. So when you cross that bridge, and this is a big bridge, make no mistake, when you cross that bridge, you saw over at the bridge that had been collapsed. And it was eerie, and it scared me as a four- and five-year-old, to say the least. So that's hard for me still to this day to cross that bridge it's scary for me not gonna lie it really now if you've ever gone on a seniors trip with us to have lunch i think ever some of them can they can they can testify to this because if we go over that bridge over the ohio river in owensboro i get a little shaky there too um, and that bridge is much much smaller than this one but now what if what's wrong with having a little fear in your life. It's human nature, isn't it? We've all got things that we're afraid of. And maybe you won't even be able to admit it, but we do. We've all got those fears. I don't think that it's a sin to have fears, although God tells us numerous times through his word not to fear. I don't think it's a sin to fear unless that fear is keeping you from reaching your faith goal. If your faith goal, whatever that may be, and we'll talk about that for a minute, if your faith goal is keeping, uh, your fear is keeping you from your faith goal, then now it's a problem. So maybe we need to identify, what is your bridge? What is the thing that is keeping you away from your faith goal? For me, it, maybe we want to use this bridge as an illustration today, uh, but the fact is, what is that faith goal? If there's lost people over there, if there's people that need to hear the word of God and I won't go over this bridge because I'm scared, man. I need to have more fearless faith, like Esther and so many other examples through the Word of God. I need to be able to cross that bridge. So today, let's identify what it is that's keeping you from accomplishing that faith goal. And not only that, what is that faith goal? What's it, what's it keeping you from? What is this fear 
not allowing you to do? Is it sharing your faith? Is it service opportunity, an opportunity to serve God or to minister to people? Is it your spiritual growth? Or is it simply just following Christ? Maybe you haven't taken that first step into accepting him as your Lord and Savior. Folks, we got to look at crossing this bridge because it's something that every single one of us need to do. And the bottom line is we need to fear less in our lives. That fear, it's a weapon of the enemy. Undoubtedly, it's, it's a weapon of the enemy. One of the favorite, without a doubt, because we know that it'll keep us from doing things. Now, I didn't count these myself, but they say uh, that the Bible 365 times mentions something along the lines of do not fear, do not be afraid, fear not. And of course, I think that's very uh, convenient with there being 365 days in a year. Now, listen, on leap year, that, we're not off the hook there, right? Even if there's 366 days in the year. I know some of you are thinking, we've got to fear not on that day as well. We cannot let fear keep us from being Christians and the responsibilities that comes with it. And when we really stop to think about some of these fears, a lot of times they're irrational, aren't they? Look, my fear of crossing that bridge is irrational. I mean, I'm going to be safe, I'm going to be fine, just, just don't panic, just drive over it. I think maybe another irrational fear that we could talk about is the unknown. What ifs might happen? The dark, we can't see. A commitment or a, a building a relationship in our lives. Those can all be those kind of unknown things that really all revolve around those what ifs. Speaking of dark, by the way, whenever we crossed those bridges over the Ohio and then over the Mississippi, it was about 1 a.m. and the fog was so dense you couldn't see more than 20 feet in front of you. And my fear of that unknown was if there's going to be a big truck coming the other way, what am I going to do? We don't know what might come at us, folks. We don't know what troubles may arise in our lives. We can't see it. It's dark. We don't know what building a relationship with someone might bring. It's unknown. Maybe this. Maybe that. Maybe it won't work out. Maybe we can build a relationship and set an example and show someone the love of Christ. It's worth the risk. Or what about your relationship with Christ? Offering that commitment to him. Well, the fact is there's always what ifs. But we can't let this fear of the unknown keep us from doing what we know we're supposed to do. Just like in the dark. You know, sometimes if we come over here late at night, I, I forget stuff all the time. That's the blessing of living next door. And, and I'll bring one of the kids over here with me. And it's dark in here. It's dark. And it can be scary in a church when it's dark. I don't think too much about it, having grown up in the parsonage. Don't think too much about it. I just walk right in, uh, usually. But you hit your shin enough times, and you'll start being a little bit more careful, won't you? But what do I do with my kids? I don't just say, now get on in there. I hold their hand. You're going to be safe. Let's turn on the light, right? That's what God does for us. Isaiah 41:13. for I hold you by your right hand. I, the Lord your God, and I say to you, don't be afraid, I'm here to help you. Folks, in our lives, that fear of the unknown, I promise you, God is there. He is right there by your side. He's holding you up with his righteous right hand. He's grabbing you by the hand, and he's flipping on the light. Can't you see it? 
Don't you realize it? Don't be afraid. Another irrational fear, we could say maybe the world. Listen, the world, it's a scary place today. And, and right now, there, there's so many out there that have this, the sky is falling mentality. And folks, the sky's been falling for a long, long time. That doesn't change our responsibilities to live as a Christian. Maybe your fear is society or popularity. We want to be liked. We want people to like us. Sure, we, all, we, we should all want that. But we can't not move forward with our faith because we're afraid of that. Afraid of the negative outcome of that. See, the fact is, folks, when we put our faith and our hope and our love and our trust into Jesus Christ, we've got to understand one thing. He defeats the world. He defeats it. 1 John chapter 2, verse 17 says, The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Forever. Those may be some irrational fears that each of us deal with. But you know what? There's some healthy fears, too. What about disobedience? See, we have a reason for fear in our lives when we're disobedient to God. But we don't, we're not obedient because of being afraid. We're obedient because we love Him. We, we have a reason for fear, but we're driven by love. 1 John 4.18, such love, perfect love, has no fear. Because perfect love expels all fears. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced His perfect love. Guys, I got good news for you. When you trust Jesus and you follow him, there is absolutely zero reason to be afraid of punishment because he's already taken it for you. He's already taken it away. That's what that perfect love all is all about. And that's why we have to be obedient to him. But if you stray from that path and if you are living a life of disobedience, I got news for you. There's a reason you should have a healthy fear. And there's a reason why we should fear God. Another healthy fear you could say might be danger, just any kind of danger that you might be in, something that might cause physical harm. Uh, here's what I got to say to you. Be careful. There, there is things out there that could physically hurt you. Be careful, but don't let it keep you from following God. Don't let it keep you from your faith goal, from reaching out. And then let's also ask ourselves, what do we consider to be danger? Because what we consider to be danger here in our country, where so many of us believe that the sky is falling, what we consider to be danger, many would not. We can say maybe that that is a, a relative term, what we consider dangerous. Our danger might be someone's not going to like us. We might lose a friend. I'm not going to be able to do the same things my friends are doing. I'm going to have to uh, live a life of, of love and peace and kindness and obedience to God. But you know what? There's other dangers out there that others experience. I've been blessed the past few weeks to, to, to make a new friend, um, a pen pal. His name is Yotam Theu, and he's a preacher from Malawi. He's the one right there in the middle. And, and recently, uh, my friend Al, who is the executive director of uh, the Hippo Valley Christian Mission um, went over to Zimbabwe, where this mission is um, stationed, where, where they do work, and they train preachers there. And in the meantime, Yotam, uh, he lives in Malawi, which is another country uh, that's adjacent to Zimbabwe. And knowing that Al was coming to give them some, uh, 
direction with preaching and whatnot to teach them, Yotam and his crew walked over the mountain to get there, through the jungle, where there's leopards, where there's lions, where there's uh, Cape buffalo, where there's uh, hippos, where there's elephants, snakes, a lot of dangerous things, just to get there. I've never done that. It kind of gave me a different perspective of what danger is. And I was, Al asked if I would start corresponding with him. Just write him an email of encouragement. And at first I hesitated. He's, you know, uh, 14 years older than me. I figured maybe he might need an older preacher, uh, someone close to his own age. And then I realized, no, wait a minute. This is something I can do. This is something I would be honored to do. I started emailing him. He sent me these pictures to share. And this last, last message I got from him, he said, hey, pray for me this weekend. Because what, what Yotam was doing, yeah, just kind of go through them, Ryan. What Yotam was doing this week, this weekend, was not going to be preaching at his own church. Instead, he was going to be traveling through the jungle once again to a different part of his country to take the information that Al had given him to other preachers to share with people. And once again, I thought, oh, man, I've never had to do that. And you know what I said to him? I said, God bless you. Be careful. Folks, be careful. There is danger out there. There's no doubt about it. But we can't let it stand in our way. We can't let it keep us from doing the things that we are supposed to do to reach our faith goals. So when it comes to your fear, here's what I have to say. Quit avoiding it. We have got to live not just fearless lives, but we've got to have fearless faith. Quit avoiding the things that you know that are the bridges that you've got to cross. It's really easy to do, isn't it? You know, that, that, that bridge down there in Florida that I was telling you about, you don't have to go over that from what my dad told me this week when I was asking him about this in this illustration. You don't have to cross that. You can go all the way around, but it's going to take you a really long time to do it. Really long time. You know what? The fact is, when we have fear standing in our way, there's no way around it. But we've got a God who holds our hand. And maybe, how is God going to hold your hand? Think about this for a second. How can, how can you uh, really think, look, if we're going to cross that bridge again over the Mississippi and Ohio, I'm going to let Amy drive, but I'm getting across it. I'm getting across it. And if not, maybe she would hold my hand. That's what Christian brothers and sisters are for sometimes, to help us through those hard times. Let's rely on each other. Let's be there for each other and help us through those fears that we may have. Quit avoiding it. Quit avoiding the decision that you know you need to make to follow Christ. Quit avoiding the neighbor that you need to talk to and tell them about Jesus. Quit avoiding the actions and the attitude that we know we must have to be Christians. And when we face these fears, you know what? You might have a little bit of a faster heartbeat. But let's just think about what we can do to conquer these fears. The first thing I think of is a little cricket. I remember this guy, Jiminy Cricket. What did he say to do whenever you were scared? Give a little whistle. <whistles> right? Has anybody ever started to whistle when they were afraid? You know, I used to probably still do. I told you, maybe it doesn't bother me as much, but when I come here at night, I oftentimes start whistling. And I think about that. Hmm, why? Maybe because I'm still afraid of the dark a little bit. Maybe I should try whistling the next time I cross that bridge over the Ohio. 
What is that whistle, though? The fact is, that might be actually part of it, something that we can do. Let's look at three ways that we can kind of defeat these fears. First, don't panic. Pray. I remember back when I was in high school, my senior year, my band director said, I don't panic, I plan. And that's stuck with me in my life, to be honest with you. Teachers, big responsibility. Things you say, kids remember oftentimes. I know I changed it here, but I think it still fits real well. Don't panic, pray. It's so easy to panic. And maybe to cross that bridge, what I need to do next time is pray as I'm crossing it. And know that God is with me. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. We've got to be self-disciplined enough to face those fears and not panic when we do it. Number two, we got to remember. Remember God is in control. Remember God is powerful. Remember that we have a God who loves us, that has got us by the hand, that is going to help us face these fears, and that hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but instead has given us a spirit of courage and one that we should boldly share. Remember that. And next, maybe literally, number three, give a little whistle. Give thanks. Praise him. Sing. Why not? Psalm 34 I'll let you read most of it on your own, but the very first verse says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. Folks, if you've got something that you need to cross over, some kind of a fear that you need to to defeat, sing, praise him. See how that helps you. I promise you it's going to give you the strength you need. Next, we have to remember that when we have this fearless faith, we only have one life. Now look at these words. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Now, these words hung on a wall in a young lady's house as she was growing up, up in Ohio, uh, back in the uh, 40s, 50s. Her name was Phyllis Ryan. Some of you all know this story of Phyllis, but... I think it's, it's a good one. I'm going to share it right now. Uh, Phyllis was a missionary. Uh, she decided in 1957 at church camp that she was going to give her life in service to Christ. And from there, she went to Cincinnati Bible College, graduated, I believe, in 1961. And a year later, went over to what was then called the Congo in Africa. It was a dangerous place. A lot of political turmoil but Phyllis went anyways. And she was so happy, they say, when she got this bike because uh, she, had, she had learned so much. She had trained herself for this. She had uh, studied her Bible, got her Bible college degree. Um, she had learned different languages, could, could speak to uh, the native people there in their own language. Uh, she had, had led singing growing up and was able to, to use her voice uh, to praise God and, and teach them these songs. She would ride this bike from town to town and gather all the children around her and teach them the Bible stories, tell them about God. Uh, but then a rebellion happened. And long story short, Phyllis was killed. And you can see here that she was only 25 years old. And when that happened, they say that she was the first martyred uh, female of the Restoration Movement. And Cincinnati Bible College honored her for many years. And I know 
Uh, don't know if this building's not there anymore, and I don't know what they did with the new building. Things have changed up there. Uh, but for many, many years, the uh, women's dormitory, the same one that our own Elaine used to live in, was called the Phyllis Ryan Residence in honor of her and the fearless faith that she had. And why did I tell you about her? This was recently in our uh, Restoration Herald that we get, if you ever read that. Sometimes some pretty good stuff in there. This was one of them. Recently, Phyllis's brother came to the Christian Restoration Association, uh, which produces the magazine, and um, he sent actually some people from his church to deliver a Bible. And in that Bible was some highlighted verses. See, that Bible was the Bible that Phyllis held the day she died. And they went through and saw the highlighted verses, which they say most of them were from the Gospels. But can you imagine now the power in those verses for her? The strength that she drew from it. Some of those verses I'll share right now. We're just going to go through them. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, a verse that we all know very well. This is just verse 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And of course it goes on to say, teach them, make disciples. She took that very seriously. Mark 40, uh, Mark chapter 4, verses 40 and 41. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? In Mark 6, 36, Be not afraid, only believe. And in Luke 9, 62, And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. And in Luke chapter 10, verse 2, Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. And finally, Luke 9, 23, 24, and he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. So let me ask you, if someone was to pick up your Bible today and look through it, what would be the highlighted verses? I've got some Bibles back there that I've highlighted over the years. I, I haven't highlighted this one. Uh, and I thought about that this week as I prepared the sermon. I don't highlight it because sometimes it makes it harder for me to read, quite honestly. But I thought, you know what? Even better than highlighting, what verses strengthen you? Highlight your Bible if you want to. I'm not saying that you have to. But what, what verses would you think about in those times of fear? When you face that bridge, what verse would you have in your heart? Phyllis was also known for saying these words, I'm here, Lord. When the Lord calls you, when the Lord has given you something on your heart that you know you need to do, maybe it's accept him, maybe it's share your faith, maybe it's an act of kindness, we need to be able to say, I'm here, Lord. I'm ready. Use me. And we can't let fear stop us from doing that. So let me ask you another question. Are you letting fear stand in your way? I can't answer that for you. Only you can. Maybe you didn't even recognize it as a fear. But let's pinpoint it. Let's decide what it is. And let's get it out of our way. We've got service to do. Folks, it's time to face your fear. 
This is the new Skyway Bridge. I believe they rebuilt it in 1987. Eventually, they tore the other one down. And this bridge stands strong. But you know what? One day, this bridge will be gone too. But Jesus Christ will not. Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not panic. For the Lord God goes with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Folks, he's going to hold your hand all the way across that bridge. So today I ask you to face your fear. See, on one side is you. On the other side is your faith goal. And whatever that bridge may be for you, it's time to cross it. You got to get to the other side. Cross your bridge. I encourage you today to cross that bridge. If it's, if it's coming down this aisle and giving your life to Christ, do not wait another minute. Cross that bridge today. If your bridge is just going to your next door neighbor and saying, hey, I want to invite you to church. When you go home today, cross that bridge. Don't wait till tomorrow. Or maybe if your bridge is making sure to remember to pray and, and, and behave uh, as a Christian should, uh, have more actions and attitude that exemplify our faith. If that's your bridge, I say cross that bridge and do it today. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so very, very much for holding our hand, for sending your Son as a means to get back to you. Lord, we couldn't do it on our own. We know that we needed Jesus. And once again, you helped us. Once again, you were there. Once again, you didn't abandon us, Lord. And we thank you so very much for that. Help us to be servants, willing servants, with fearless faith every single day of our lives. Lord, we know that in our weaknesses we will be afraid from time to time. But help us to face those fears when they come between us and you. We thank you, Lord, so very much for our church, our church family. But most importantly, we thank you for your son, Jesus, who gives us that reason to fear not. And that's why it's in his most precious name we now pray. Amen.